Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 489. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio, the show where we help entrepreneurs, business owners, and CEOs from around the world to skyrocket their sales and multiply their profits. I am your host, Kelly Roach. Now let's get down to business. Welcome back, and thanks so much for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am thrilled to have an amazing guest on the show today. If you don't know him already, he's someone you need to know, and I'm so thrilled to have him here. Over the past 12 years, he started three companies from scratch in three different industries, each of which have been taken to the eight-figure mark. He built his first seven-figure company at the age of 27 while waiting tables. He built an email list of more than a million subscribers, wrote a podcast of more than 5 million downloads, and his businesses have made over $60 million in revenue, all doing it from the comfort of his own home. Guys, I am so happy to have with me here today someone I look up to and respect so much in the entrepreneurial world, Mike Dillard. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kelly. I'm I'm uh, absolutely stoked to be here. I had a little freak out when Lindsay booked you to come on, just so <laughs> that you know. And we've had some amazing, really big names on this show, um, but we're really happy to have you because you are the real deal making it happen in the world of entrepreneurship. And, and people need to see and hear you know, stories of people like you, especially because you know what? You started your business, you were waiting tables, you were you were doing the hustle and grind, just like everybody else out there is. Right. And, you know, then went on to build these amazing businesses in different industries and in different spaces. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, some of those high highs and low lows that you had on the path? Because <laughs> I, I followed your journey and you've been very forthcoming with sharing lots of different, you know, aspects of that. So tell everybody some of those, you know, fun war stories that you have. Oh, gosh. Uh, yes. Yeah, so. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur by the time I was a senior in high school. I was waiting tables at the original macaroni grill in Bernie, Texas before it was bought out and turned into a, a chain. And that experience really showed me that I did not want to have a boss that could tell me when I had to work and when I couldn't. <laughs> so yes. Yes. that's when the, the seeds were planted and I spent the next five or six years pursuing different businesses you know, uh, in my early 20s, going through college, failing at all of them miserably until I finally realized that success was not going to come as the result of a product or a business opportunity or a mentor or anything else. It was really going to come as a result of increasing my value to other people by learning some valuable new skill sets. And so that was the real, the real turning point in my life from chasing money, trying to get my bills paid and not making a dollar in return to saying, you know what, I'm going to start over. I'm going to spend the next year or two mastering a couple of skill sets that I need to know as an entrepreneur, for example, sales and traffic generation. And I spent the next year, year and a half mastering those, practicing every single day for hours. And yeah, 18 months later, I had a new set of skills. I could sell whatever I wanted. I could generate traffic however I wanted. And that's how, uh, what allowed me to build that first seven-figure business uh, in less than two years later. So, Yeah, that's amazing. I want to go back to that keyword, which is you know developing new skills. Because I think so many times on our entrepreneurial journey that people get caught up in, I'm working really hard. 
And, you know, hard work is very, very important. And yes, none of us succeed without hard work. But there are skills required as an entrepreneur that you have to dedicate many, many hours to mastering, to actually excel, to scale, to build the seven and multiple seven and eight figures. And and I love how you just pinpointed two of them, which I talk about on the show all the time, you know, the ability to sell something and the ability to drive traffic so that people know that you're selling something. Right. Yep. And I appreciate you leading with that, Mike, because I think so many times people dance around what it really is. Like entrepreneurship has gotten very like fluffy. Right. Um, and so I think it's really important that you like point that out to people right out of the gate because it doesn't matter what you're selling and it doesn't matter what kind of traffic you're driving. You do need to focus on adding value for more people. And if no one knows about you, but you're working really hard, it's not going to translate. Right. Yeah. You know, the sales piece is the most important. If you master the ability to sell your product or somebody else's and communicate persuasively, you don't even need to worry about the traffic piece at that point, because you can then take your work to an outsourced agency, which is what I've done now for 10 years. Right. So I focus on two things and only two things, and that is creating the best quality product that I possibly can, and then to creating the best quality marketing funnel slash sales presentation that will allow cold traffic to convert into a paid customer. And if I just focus on those two things, the traffic piece takes care of itself because I can just hand off my, my funnel to one of those agencies. They can run traffic. And if that funnel converts and I did my job, then it makes their job very easy. They can send all of the traffic in the world because uh, we can convert it profitably, right? But if I don't do that job and if it's not able to convert cold visitors into a paying customer, there's nothing they can do or anyone else can do. You're just going to throw money away and you're, you're going to spend a dollar and you're going to make 50 cents back. That's it. So, yeah. So to me, that's that's it. And Nothing happens in a business until a sale is made. And I was the worst, the world's worst salesperson for, <laughs> for that, that five years. I could not have, you could not have picked a worse mentee to take under your wing at the time because I was extremely shy. I didn't have a lot of self-confidence. Um, I didn't like to talk to people in person. It was very introverted at that time. And that's why I struggled for five years because I would, Gets, I was scared to death of picking up the phone and talking to anyone or calling a lead or any of that. And so what I finally figured out is that you don't need to be a people person in order to sell. It doesn't need to be about manipulation, if you will, like a used car salesman. Sales can be done through the written word. And that's when I discovered copywriting. I was like, holy smokes, I can write a web page yeah. or a script to a video or an email that will sell for me and I don't really need to talk to anyone. And that was, that was the really big turning point. And, um, so I think figuring out how you're wired, there are other individuals who are very much extroverted, who are amazing at selling from stage and from live webinars and different, different modalities. And that's great for them. And that works for them. The, the biggest I guess, piece of wisdom I could share is to figure out how you're wired and then align yourself and build your business around around that wiring rather than trying to swim up, uphill against the current because you see that working for other people. If you're not wired that way, it's like you've got 
100 pounds strapped to your back and you're trying to climb a mountain still. It's a lot easier if you let that go and, and just roll down the mountain uh, if you're, if you're just set up a little bit different. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. And, you know, we're in a really special moment right now and you've been in business for a long time, you know, and, and so you, I'm sure feel this way. Also, I feel that we're in this incredible, incredible intersection of opportunity and technology right now that's unprecedented in history. And I think we are unbelievably lucky to have the opportunity to do millions of dollars of business from our iPhones, from our home offices. Mm-hmm. And to me, the the heavy lifting of sales of the past has really in many ways been taken away by our ability to connect and engage through teaching. And, you know, I would love your feedback on that, Mike, because I know for me, like I came from a sales background. I did sales for Fortune 500 and then was was leading sales teams. And I never have felt since I transi- you know, transitioned into the online world, I never have felt that you really have to sell. Because if you teach and you have a good offer and you're adding value for people and then you you present an opportunity, you know, a lot of times people I feel are more likely to buy based on that, then, you know, kind of, as you alluded to earlier, the car salesman pitch anyway, right? Yeah. Well, the, the key is if you can demonstrate your expertise and that you can provide a solution to that person's problem, it makes it very easy for them to say yes. yes. Right. And so teaching is a critical part of that, but we're, you mentioned the technology piece, we're at a really interesting turning point right now where, Everyone's attention spans have been fragmented into 15 to 60 second clips for the most part. Uh, At most, you're looking at a 15 minute YouTube video. Mm -hmm. And so what we're having to do is to fragment our sales messages and our relationship building process into a longer time frame with many, you know, many tiny pieces of content rather than one large piece of content. I'm not saying do either or I'm saying you want to do both. And it's just uh, it's just changing the dynamic. And then the nice part about it is that social media sales and the ease of selling is directly proportional to the uh, amount of trust and rapport you have with someone. So social gives us the ability to build that trust and rapport with people over time in little 15 to 60 second bites. But once that adds up to an hour over the course of maybe two to three weeks or a month of combined consumption, uh, that level of trust and rapport is there as if they sat with you in front of you for an hour. And so at that point, making a sale could be as easy as, hey, here's what I've got. Here's what it'll do for you. And here's how to get it. Rather than having to spend an hour and a half on a webinar making a pitch to a stranger who's never heard of you before or seen you before. Uh, so it's just a different, it's a different approach. It's longer term now, but if you'll do it consistently over that time period, it actually gets easier. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. It's funny that you brought that up because literally I I did a, a live stream yesterday and I was talking about how I believe in 2020, one of the most important skills for entrepreneurs to master is soundbite marketing right? Because the attention spans are going down so much and you have to be able to concisely convey a message that makes an impact very, very quickly, which means you have to be crystal clear, right? And I think that, you know, even when people think that they're clear, that there's still, there's still many times vagueness. Do you, um, are you using a lot of ad sequencing right now, Mike? Is that something that you guys have, have integrated into your traffic strategy? Yeah, I mean, I I honestly have uh, have not been 
actively building for about a year now, dealing with a pretty significant health issue. So I'm just now in the last one to two months coming back online, if you will. And what we're all about moving forward is putting the right message in front of the right person at the right time. Mm -hmm. And we can essentially pursue hyper segmentation at this point, thanks to the technology that Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube uh, bring to the table these days. And so I can put a certain message in front of you, let's just call it at the top of the funnel, where it's going to be the very first exposure that a stranger might see of me and my work. So in that regard, it might be a three to five minute video, but it's just going to be content only. And I might record three to five videos on different but related topics, let's just say around business. And my only goal of those videos is to get you to watch them and for me to deliver value to you to start building that relationship and establishing trust and rapport. And there doesn't necessarily even need to be a call to action. It's just to build that familiarity. And then once you've consumed a certain amount of those videos, let's just say it might be 50% of it, it might be, let's say, 10 minutes in total watch time, we'll put you into a middle funnel bucket. And now we'll start to show you ads that are around our offer and that do have a call to action, either that's going to a capture page, downloading a free report, or buying our product. Uh, for the people that we see who watch the sales presentation, who maybe visit the checkout page but don't buy, well, now we'll put those people into a third audience, which we're going to then show them videos um, that handle objections or maybe mm -hmm. answer common questions. Mm -hmm. And so we're taking the entire sales process that we would normally do in 30 straight minutes, and we're breaking them, we're breaking that up into five to 10 minute pieces. And we're dripping them out over time uh, because that's just how people are consuming content these days. Yeah, perfect. No, brilliant. And I, I appreciate you walking everybody through that because I, I think it's very important for everyone to be evolving their strategy to be in line with. I mean, just like we saw, you know, over the last, you know, five to eight years, how much has shifted, you know, obviously to a, almost 100% social media, right? Now it's like that next evolution is coming with that progression, right? Just like you just yeah. walked through. So I appreciate you sharing that. I do want to pivot for just a second, Mike. So you obviously have built both, you know, seven and eight figure companies. You took three companies, you know, to that level. And I would love to hear a little bit from your perspective, what you feel like the different skills and strategies from seven to eight were for you versus from, you know, seven to multiple seven or high six to, you know, seven. What, what would you say is, was different for you in that process? Uh, this is going to be a disappointing answer, but, uh, nothing. <laughs> so, and I say it's going to be different because all three of those businesses hit multiple eight figures in revenue based on the sale of one primary product that was, again, really aligned with a group of people at the right time who were addressing a very specific problem at that moment in time. And so an example of that is the financial education company I started back in 2010. This was uh, interviewing financial experts on different ways to invest money because the entrepreneurial industry, 99% of the conversation is about how to make money. And yet very few people talk about what to do with that money once you make it. And post 2008, 
not only were entrepreneurs trying to figure out that question, but the whole world was, at least here in the United States. The market had crashed. What had worked in the past was no longer working. And so putting out a solution to that problem that addressed that fear, that concern, and that unknown was 90% of the reason that that business did $10 million in revenue in its first year. As the market improved and people settled down and the fear subsided in, let's just say, 2012, 2013, 2014, our sales and marketing materials for that product were not doing anywhere near as well as they had previously because people's emotional state had changed. The world had changed. The, mm-hmm. the, the market had recovered. And so we, at that point, would really need to pivot. And so to answer your question specifically, I've taken all of those businesses to eight figures with just one or two single offers, for the most part by myself, outsourced traffic, outsourced tech. And, you know, we had a little team for that company, but honestly, that was a mistake. Building that team was completely unnecessary. It drained profitability in the business. It did not add revenue to the company. And so you can take a business to eight figures with a great offer. And that just depends on two things, the size of your potential audience. Uh, in my first business that, that company did the most we did, it was just over 6 million in a year. And over the course of several years, we did about 25 million in total revenue, but that was, that was pretty much the max. Uh, very few people have exceeded that level in that industry because the pond is fairly small moving to the financial education space, well, there's several hundred million dollar plus companies in that industry. And so part of the success of that business had to do with the fact that we were fishing in a bigger ocean. Makes sense. Yeah. So I really love that you pinpointed what I always call the flagship offer, right? Because Mm. one of the big trends that I see in entrepreneurship and, and where I think people run into a wall is they're doing 85 things. They're doing 85 things not well and not with enough time, focus, or energy to create systematic leverage and scale. To be able to hear that from your perspective, reiterating that same message of focus, right? Yeah, and focus without a doubt. And the biggest lesson that I can share with folks that you're going to run into once you find that Grand Slam home run offer that is, again, right people, right time, right message, is the faster you scale that up from a customer acquisition and a marketing standpoint, the faster that offer is going to run its course. Meaning your pool of potential prospects and the most responsive people at that is going to be limited. You're going to take all the cream off the top in the first year And then after that, you're going to have to spend more money and more time and more effort to acquire each additional customer after that. So it's the law of diminishing returns. And the more popular your offer is, the obviously the more you can put into your ad campaigns, the more attention you can bring to it. Um, But if you choose to scale up and go quickly, you're going to burn through that, that pool of people more quickly. And so you have to be aware of the fact that once you have a grand slam home run, it has a time limit. There's literally a fuse on it. And the faster you scale it, the faster that fuse is going to burn. And at most, if you've got a great product and a great offer that's just crushing it, 
it's got a three-year shelf life tops for that marketing campaign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. By that by that time, everybody in your potential target audience has either bought, they've evaluated, evaluated, or they haven't bought. Um, and so the trap that most people fall into, because I've fallen into it twice until I've now gone through this enough times to identify it, is that you'll build this cash flow machine and you think that it's just going to keep coming in consistently like that. Because after, after you have a certain, let's just say $10,000 in sales coming in a day, every single day for two years, your brain is not wired to think that that's going to change. That's now a new normal and you're going to think that that's just going to continue. And I can tell you from experience that that's not going to be the case. That's in fact when you should start to get really concerned um, because it means you've, you've done it right, you figured it out, this is working, but that fuse is burning now and we're not quite sure how much time you're gonna have left, but it does have an expiration date. Really good guidance, really good guidance, not a conversation that we've had in this space before. So I love to hear that. And, you know, I, I had a conversation with my team this morning, you know, about some things that are working really, really well for us right now. And I said, now is the time to like almost hit the panic button on, on working on other things, you know, because you don't know. You just, you don't know when the spigot is going to be tapped and you have to have the next thing ready. I think that's great, great advice. Yeah. And you don't know if that next thing is going to work. It's very, yes. very, very difficult when you essentially create lightning in a bottle and you have that magic sales funnel that just converts and crushes it. And those are those are rare to find. Um, they're rare to build. And so I've always found that the next iteration of that never really does quite as well. And so that's where you need to be. You need to be smart and very conservative about the money that's coming in when it's coming in, because you, again, have to understand that that's not always going to be the case. You have to start planning for phase two and understand that phase one, again, will start to run dry at some point uh, and just make that as a part of your plan rather than having to be reactionary around it and saying, holy smokes, our conversion costs just doubled. We're no longer making profit every day. We need to turn our ad campaigns off. And now your business has ground to a halt and you're scrambling to reinvent that same magic, which you may or may not be able to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's really, it's really good guidance. It's the forward thinking is huge for sure. Um, this has been amazing. And I want to just spend a couple minutes on failure because I think it is so incredibly important, Mike. I'm, I'm trying to get that message out in the world to entrepreneurs about embracing failure, understanding that we are all going to fail and fail and fail. And if you're not willing to fail, you're probably never going to find the high level of success that you want to achieve. So can you give us some of your, you know, best words of wisdom in terms of the failures that you've experienced, what you've learned, how it's helped you to ultimately succeed, and then just any words that you would want our listeners to hear from you before we wrap things here today? Yeah, I just don't, you don't want to look at failure as failure. You want to look at it from a frame of, I need to, you know, if you're going to become good at anything, Michael Jordan shooting free throws, you, you want to get 10,000 free throws in as fast as you possibly can, knowing that you're going to miss the vast majority of them at the beginning. And so I just look at it, it's like, I need to go through this learning quote unquote failure process as fast as possible. And let's make these hundred mistakes in the span of 90 days rather than nine years um, so we can figure this out and, and get to the results that we're actually after. So 
I failed again every year, every day for five years before I made a dime as an entrepreneur. I think the most important thing that people need to understand is that this is always hard in the beginning and people get uh, discouraged when things are hard. But hard is nothing more than the fact that you don't have the knowledge you need to make it easy. And it's just like riding a bike, right? It's hard in the beginning, but once you have the knowledge and the skill to do it, you can pick it up 10 years later and just jump on it and you know how to ride a bike. Same with entrepreneurship, same with marketing. The only reason it's hard right now is because you're missing some knowledge. And once you acquire that knowledge, then it's you know, it's easy. I could start a, a new business tomorrow and it would be easy. But for first timers, it's going to be hard. And the solution to fixing that new knowledge, new skills as fast as you possibly can. Get off YouTube, get off Instagram. I deleted Instagram and Facebook off my phone for like two or three months this year um, because I found that <clears throat> I was consuming those little bite-sized pieces of content from friends or colleagues or peers. But at the end of the day, I wasn't taking action on my business or building anything. I just felt busy. I was keeping myself yes. busy with these yes. distractions, right? And so... Would you have the gut? I make my living as an online marketer. Would you have the guts to take those apps off of your phone for two or three months so that you can focus on building and executing on what you need, you know, to execute? Um, and so that's a that's a big trap people need to be aware of today is is all of that time spent on social. You're not actually learning anything. You're wasting so much time. If, you know, if you look at your app, I'd say most of us spend two, three, four hours a day, but on social. Um, and that's not working. That's just being distracted. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's so powerful. I love it. Um, Mike, I definitely want everyone to tune in, watch what you're doing, listen and learn from you. I know I have. Where is the place that you're going to be kind of focusing the most energy or, or channeling the most of what you're doing that you would want people that are listening to the show today to get in touch with you at or follow along with? Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, just MikeDiller.com is the main, the main hub. And right now we've got some, some great classes available. Some you can download for free, uh, right on the homepage there. My buddy Cameron Harold produced one for us on how to create a vivid vision for your life and for your business, uh, that we're giving away. That's phenomenal. It's something I go back and reference like once a year. Um, and he's just uh, someone I consider a mentor and have I've learned a ton from. But that would be probably a, a cool resource for everybody to, to be able to get a hold of. Absolutely awesome. So, guys, head on over to MikeDiller.com. Grab the free course. That's absolutely awesome. We all need that reboot and reset for sure. Um, so we'll make sure we put that link in the show notes as well. But MikeDiller.com. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for everything that you shared today. Really, really excited to be able to have this conversation and to get this message out to our listeners. So appreciate you being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Kelly. This was great. Thanks Absolutely. so much. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in to Unstoppable Success Radio. Until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. 
Hold on, one more thing before you go. As a valued listener of Unstoppable Success Radio, I want to help you build your business, not just during the times that you're listening to the show, but all day, every day, every week of the year. I have a new Facebook group called The Tribe of Unstoppables, and it's a place for you to come gather with other successful, driven, passionate entrepreneurs creating financial freedom for their families and building a life and legacy of impact and significance. If you want to be a part of the community where you can network, get leads, gain referrals, build your business, and get unbelievable free trainings for myself and my team, go to kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash community. That's kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash community. Or you can just pop into Facebook and search Tribe of Unstoppables. Drop me a note and let me know when you join. Can't wait to see you there.